We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On this episode of Drinks with Binks on Ice, we're coming to you from Denver, Colorado, the home of games one and two of the Stanley Cup final and maybe five and seven between the Avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, as we continue our series of highlighting female voices in the game, I'm thrilled to welcome on someone who's been elevating women and pushing for diversity and inclusion for years. She's the co-host of Hometown Hockey on Sportsnet and host and creator of Top of Her Game. We're drinking and binking with Tara Sloan, talking all things Ron McLean, Nate McKinnon, and of course her impressive career, which spans from being a musician to an actress, and now, of course, an advocate for women around the world. Drinks with Binks on Ice is presented by Fubo TV. Cut cable and keep more than 100 of your most watched channels with live sports, top shows, and more. All streaming from your favorite devices. Go to FuboTV.com slash Binks to save 15% on your first month. Hi guys, welcome on into Drinks with Binks on Ice. It is Stanley Cup final time. We have got the Avalanche and the Lightning. I am currently in Denver, Colorado, ahead of game one. Super pumped to be back at the rink, and it's such a perfect time also to be able to welcome on someone who has been a part of this game, of telling the stories of this game. She's in Canada, and while there's no Canadian teams, once again in the playoffs, in the Stanley Cup final, excuse me, that she there's so many Canadian players. That's what everyone forgets about. And this woman has literally seen it all, done it all, and I could not do this show specifically without her because she is the epitome of what it means to be a strong woman in a male-dominated world. So I'm very excited to be able to welcome on none other than Tara Sloan, who is the co-host of Hometown Hockey and of the show Top of Her Game on Sportsnet. Tara, thanks so much for joining us and cheers. Thank you so much for everything you have done for being an awesome woman in this male-dominated world. Well, and like right back at you i am in awe of what you do and what you've been able to accomplish and like your glowing personality so cheers to you thanks cheers it's true we know tara you so well from what you do with hockey but you have lived like a thousand lives (laughs) and it's really amazing when you look back at everything you've done and continue to do but 
from being an actress and a musician, lead singer of Joy Drop, to then becoming a sports broadcaster. What was life like before you entered the sports scene? You know, you just do what you do, right? So for me, um, I've always been an artist and music, I would say, is my sort of primary heart passion. It just kind of resides right here. So I was lucky enough to to find myself in a band um, that got a record deal and had the chance to tour North America. And, you know, as most artists uh, will encounter, it's a tough life. So, you know, for a solid decade, I, I did that. I put out a few albums and that reached its natural conclusion for me. Ironically, part of the reason that I decided to transition into television was I was tired of being on the road. So it is weird that I ended up on a show that's entirely on the road. But yeah, but it's, you know, it's not as abrupt a shift, I think, as everybody thinks it is. Like, I, I you know, when I first got into television, I was in the entertainment realm, which felt really natural to me. I think um, when you are interviewed as many times as I was, you you learn what you like, you learn what you don't like, you learn what a bad interview is. And so that didn't feel weird. And I just was always a hockey fan. So I started very intentionally turning myself towards that and then hometown hockey came about and kind of raised my hand and ended up there. What's been like maybe one or two highlights or places that that really stick out that when all said and done, you say, wow, I never would have gone there, but I'm so glad I did. You know, I think not to get too serious, but, you know, growing up in Canada, um, I think anywhere, you know, history is written in a particular way with a particular bent. And I grew up in Nova Scotia. That's the traditional territory of the Mi'kmaq people. I I really didn't know much about that. And I think, you know, things are starting to come to light um, as we, you know, it's our indigenous heritage here in Canada is rich. And um, it was really hometown hockey, I think, that offered both Ron and myself a real on the ground education. So I think in terms of stops that really stand out, we've been hosted um, by two First Nations, Pegos First Nation in Manitoba and Enoch Cree Nation in Alberta. Um, so that very specifically, you know, those have been really, really powerful moments, um, both for, I think, us personally and just from pure storytelling and enrichment. But, you know, really at the core of hometown hockey is anybody who knows me or follows me knows that I'm quite critical of uh, certain aspects of hockey culture. But I feel like, you know, I have that lens because I have also the lens of hometown hockey, which is really discussing and and focusing on the positivity of hockey culture. You know, we get Mm -hmm. to see the really, really beautiful stuff, the way that communities come together. Um, through sickness, through loss, you know, through just people who are in need. So we see the most beautiful parts and it's just been an absolute gift the way that communities have welcomed us in and also trusted us to tell their stories. It's, It's wild. It's really fantastic. The places that you've been, the stories that you've told. And as you mentioned, just, I think the relationships really come through on TV that the, that you, you know, you get to see so many different aspects of Canadian culture and Canadian life that you hadn't seen before, and they trust, and it's really sweet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's really nice to see this type of show. I think that the U.S. could really benefit from something like this because 
so many people would like to see themselves represented in, in their towns and, and kind of all over the country. It really brings everyone together. And you've spent a lot of time with Ron McLean, who everyone knows on Hockey Night in Canada. What what would maybe, I've, I've read his books before, I've never met him in person, but like what would maybe surprise people that, that don't know him or have never met him before about what he's like? Well, I guess I should have known this, but you know, he's a massive music fan. He started off as a radio DJ. So that's like, you know, that runs through his veins as much as it runs through mine. So we spend a lot of time talking about hockey. We spend a lot of time talking about life, but we have a real shared love of music. But I think, you know, there's always this idea that um, TV hosts that reach a certain stature are just different than than what you see in in real life and he's not he's like he is exactly the same he speaks in you know i mean obviously he's a beautiful brilliant speaker and can tie thoughts up in a bow that like nobody can yeah but he's also you know goes in these crazy poetic tangents and like that is him (laughs) there is no there's no divide between like day-to-day ron and tv ron none so are, is his music, I know that the Tragically Hip is a big part of Hockey Night in Canada. Would you say that's kind of Ron's genre of music? He's more like, uh, he loves Tom Petty. Uh, loves, like loves, loves, love. We have a shared love of Tom Petty. He really likes, I think his favorite song is Baker Street. He likes a lot of yacht rock kind of. Um, but he has, he's got a real like thirst for new music. Like he, he likes to discover. Oh. And of course, I mean, of course, the hip and, you know, there's a great connection with the Downey family and the Downey Winjack Foundation. So. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. have introduced us to so many incredible women um, through Top of Her Game. And I I felt when I was doing this show and I thought I want to do a hockey show, only women on it. It's like Tara's been doing this for a long time with with women across so many different realms and different industries and uh, different backgrounds. What was the inspiration to do it? And what have you maybe taken away from it? Well, the inspiration to do it was literally scrolling through feeds of different, you know, sports organizations and broadcasters and literally seeing no coverage of women's sports. Like we we know what the stats are. 
Um, and that is that about 5% of sports coverage uh, in traditional broadcasting is devoted to women's sports. So we know that. Twitter feeds reflect it, websites reflect it, our televisions reflect it. Um, so that's always been, you know, a focal point. And I would say, um, you know, hometown hockey really gave birth to top of her game. Hometown hockey was pulled off the the air and, and halted during COVID like everybody else. And there was an absence of programming. So I just kind of took what I'd been championing with hometown hockey and was able to, you know, to carve out a, a little niche. So, you know, it took a pandemic to kind of make it happen. Um, but, you know, I think that there are a lot of like-minded people like yourself, like all the great women that you've been speaking to. Um, and we're just we're just going to keep on pushing. Yeah, I think that's I mean, it's so important because it's just like we we look at places where we feel are diverse and feel are um, proactive and there's still like a huge hole and, and not as much representation. And I've. I've just been like really upset with it in hockey where I always felt a home. And then I was like, wait, like there's not like we're 2022. What's going on right now? And that's just like one example of something that's happened. And and I think about when I was getting into the industry and seeing not a lot of women and it really hasn't changed that much. I was watching your International Women's Day video and like it brought tears to my eyes because of what, you know, the words that people were saying and what you said and I found it just so incredibly moving from from things that you say like that and, and a project like that. What's been maybe the response from the crowd, from the, the universe, from your bosses about really kind of pushing the agenda of having more women's voices heard? You know, I mean, I think they're all over the map, right? Like we know, like I said, there are like-minded people. I think there are a lot of people who want to see movement and who are scratching their heads going like, why is this taking so long? Why am I not seeing myself reflected? Why, you know, why are there still, why are, why are the seats at the table so homogenous still? So I think that there, I, I get a ton of support, absolutely. And then, you know, you get your detractors and the people who are like, oh, the Canadian women's national team couldn't beat a triple A 15 boys. Like, you know, you get those idiots or nobody will ever watch women's mm -hmm. sports. Fine, you discard them. Um, you know, I think the thing that worries me most is, I, I can't, I wouldn't pinpoint anybody specifically. I do think that from broadcasters to advertisers to the leagues, I think people do in their heart want to do the right thing. But I just, I guess what's somewhat disheartening to me is like, I just want to see bigger leaps. You know, I just mm -hmm. want to see bigger leaps. Like that Apple deal with MLS, that's awesome. Okay, well show me the NWSL next. Like I just want to see some right. big things start to happen because you know, because an organization with money and with uh, a platform says, you know what, like we want we want to do this because it's the right thing to do. And it has growth potential. That's what I want. Right. And there is an audience for it, too, because once you start to it's funny because people you don't know what you don't know. Right. And it's like they they stick to what's safe, as you kind of mentioned. And then once you kind of branch out into different realms and, and even for me having um, like promoting Black Girl Hockey Club um, when I had Fatou Ba on last week, I didn't know about this whole group of people that 
that was fans of the game and that were like so tapped it like this whole group was just like chomping at the bit to be able to have an opportunity and to be there and i was like wow oh my gosh like for me i looked in the mirror and was like i need to have more diversity on my show mm -hmm. and you also see that there's like a huge audience of people that want to see this and so you just need to have the people that are in charge of those big decisions as you as you mentioned like look in the mirror and realize like first of all we need to do something the right thing and also hey there are people out here that want this this isn't just like right. you know zero sum kind of situation yeah you're building your your future audience you're you're you know building loyalty so yeah i just i, I want to mm -hmm. see some some big players make some make some big moves okay so if you were an nhl commissioner for <laughs> a day or forever because <laughs> you could be um what what changes would you make oh my like god one or two changes on Ooh. the on the spot oh boy what changes would i make if i were the new gary batman um well i'm not sure that the pwhpa needs the nhl anymore so probably once upon a time i would have said you know it's time to to create uh, a women's hockey league under that umbrella um but it seems like their partnerships um are going to lie elsewhere. And, and so, um, but I would certainly start to put more focus on that and see where, you know, where the holes are that, that need filling. Um, and then, you know, I, I would have to do a full dissection of the, the yeah. sort of the, the culture of, of hockey. Um, I think the fact that Sheldon Kennedy is, has been brought in to, to do some uh, work and, initiate communication um, within the NHL and, and a bunch of different leagues. I think that's huge. But I think that there needs to be a, a cultural overhaul. Um, but that's, I mean, obviously that's that's massive. And it's not just at the NHL level. Well, speaking of the cultural overhaul, you mentioned that in like how hockey has, you know, has had this broken culture. And we saw that with Kyle Beach, which you spoke out about very emphatically, um, you know, what you know what kind of response did you receive either from sportsnet or from the league or from players or anyone like that in addressing it um the league didn't say anything to me uh they may have said something to sportsnet but i am not aware um i got some pretty encouraging messages for, internally from from the higher ups you know they i have to say that um you know from ron to my executive producer allison redmond like they obviously they knew I was going to say something. They never once asked me what I was going to say. I, I am lucky that they trusted me to use the platform responsibly. Uh, so I, I mean, I had no, you know, I, I got a lot of clicks and a lot of retweets. I had no idea that that was going to happen. Right. That wasn't the, the intent. I just we had a Chicago game. You know, we I had to say something. Mm -hmm. I could not just sit there and be like, blah, 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 Jonathan Taves, blah, 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 Patrick Kane. Like, mm -hmm. just can't do it. Um, so, yes. But I I know that I, you know, that ruffled some feathers for sure. But that's okay. Like, because yeah. I, I really feel so strongly that the media and, you know, because we're rights holders or whatever it is, right? You always want to keep your relationships intact with the league that you're covering. And I get that you're you're towing a fine line. Um, but 
we actually have a big role to play in keeping these teams and this league accountable. And so, you know, the the Kyle Beach story didn't really gain that much traction when it first came out in, I believe it was May of last year. Like there wasn't a lot. Uh, and I don't think that'll happen again. I think that a lot of people in media are going like, oh, okay, you know what? We we can't leave stuff like that alone because it's too scary. We have to delve into it, and we have to we have to make sure people know what's happening. Definitely, if anything good can happen from something awful, it would be that this doesn't happen again, or yeah. you know, situations and protocols are put in place to deal with this. You mentioned the hockey. This is the Stanley Cup final going on. Uh, we know that while the time this airs. We have no idea what will have happened, but there's no Canadian teams in the Stanley Cup, um, once again. And people always like bring that up a lot, to me at least. What do you think, like what's the pulse of, of Canada when there's no Canadian teams there? Obviously the interest drops off. Like I don't know what the numbers are, but for sure, like if the Oilers were in the Stanley Cup final, like the numbers would be off the charts. Um, so in that way, yeah, it's just kind of a little bit of a non-event, but I mean, Sure, people are still watching. Um, I do find it interesting that this has become a storyline, like, oh, no Canadian team has won the Stanley Cup since 1993. Uh, Like, it just, it doesn't seem like that big a deal to me. There's so much parity in the league. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to win. So, um, but anyway, everybody needs a hook, I guess. And I know, I agree with you on that too. Yeah, like, so there's a lot of great teams, like, you know, there's a lot of competition. I understand proportionally that it's, you know, maybe just under a quarter of the teams are Canadian and yes, probably should have done better. And it's but it's not like they're Canadian. It's not like all the teams in Canada are Canadian, all the teams in America are and there's right. fewer number up there than down here. Like it's just it's not it's, yeah. you know, it just doesn't yeah. equate. Yeah, exactly. So but you always look at the again, when when you don't have a team, you look at the players. And so I can tell you that, for instance, right now in Cole Harbor, Nova Scotia, it's going to be exciting, <laughs> you know, like I think yes, you, you, you yeah. just end up you root for you root for the player, not so much for the team. So I grew up in Nova Scotia. If I have to pick, I want Nathan McKinnon to to walk away a winner. OK, I could see that. And also, I interviewed Alex Newhook yesterday from St. John's, Newfoundland, yep. and we discussed the whole you know, a half an hour time zone thing explained it to people, um, yeah. which is always fun. Just those Americans out there, there is an extra half hour of a time zone for Newfoundland and Labrador. It is so confusing. Yeah. It's very confusing, but some East Coast kids, great to see them doing well. McKinnon hasn't, as he said last, whatever, he hasn't won shit, which I think is like pretty, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I like that. I like McKinnon's um, demeanor, right? I like Just him being too. like, he, he, there was an interview and someone was asking him about Miko Rotten it was kind of like, what does he need to improve on? Or like, what does he need to get or do? And he was like, he needs to get a credit card. I was like, <laughs> ooh, spicy. <laughs> like, I love that guy. He just says whatever's on his mind. Except he probably um, said he but, needs to get a credit card. That's what he said. Oh, yes. In- card. Card. Because of the, the, Cause of the like, I don't even accent. know the East Coast accent. Uh, Nova Scotia accent. So 
Subscribe to the Fubo Sports YouTube page for clips and full episodes. Follow us at Fubo Sports on all social media channels. Also available in podcast form wherever you find your favorite pods. Cheers to everything you have accomplished, Tara. Uh, hometown hockey and doing top of her game. Where can we find you next? And also, congratulations on how you deal with all those asshole trolls out there. <laughs> I think you're really good. Um, you've inspired me to be like to to dunk on the the assholes more, you know, because they they shouldn't deserve that. Yeah, I mean, listen, nobody, like, not everybody chooses to uh, engage on social media the way that I do, and I understand why not, because it can be a real slippery slope into, like, the depths of hell, Um, and people are just terrible sometimes, but, yeah, I like to make an example of the odd person who deserves to be made an example of, so... Yeah, Thank that's you. A good idea. That's that's my style. People don't realize how much hate like women get, and it's not right. So no, it's really not right. Screw you guys. But don't be mean. What's your accounts that that everyone can follow? At Tara Sloan, S L O N E. There's no A in my last name. You guys can follow us also Fubo Sports on YouTube for all of our episodes. And we have everything going on on Twitter and Instagram at Fubo Sports. And until next time, bottoms up, bitches. <laughs> it's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens. And that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com